Welcome to the Revive Podcast. Thank you for joining us. It's wonderful having you listening to our discussion as we unpack last Sunday's sermon and discuss how it may impact our daily lives. My name is Sean Thomas. I'm an associate campus pastor here at Neighborhood Church, and we believe that the Word of God is relevant and helpful for all time, even today. Sometimes our souls can be weary, but the Word can revive us, just like Psalm 138 verse 7 says, though I walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive me. So each week we create and we curate resources to help people thrive in Christ. And that's all available on our website. If you go to neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. Today, we're joined by our regular guests. We have um, Pastor Justin McElderly here. Pastor Justin, how are you doing? Doing great. How are you? I'm doing well. Pastor Mike, how are you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you? Excellent. I'm doing well, too. Thanks, you guys. It's great to have you guys back. We got the dream team here. Um, And it's great, like I was saying earlier, for everybody listening to us, um, uh, pastors Mike and Justin are uh, pretty much our main teaching pastors at at our home campus in Cyprus and our Los Al branch campus as well. So it's wonderful having them here. Uh, we had a great Sunday service this past week, and if uh, those of you listening, if you weren't there, take a moment to remind yourself of the passage. So we looked at and we studied First Timothy uh, uh, chapter 6. We really leaned into verses 17 through 19, but for those of listening, I encourage you, read verses 6 through 19, just to give you some context. So First Timothy chapter 6. Uh, if you want to, you can pause the podcast right now. As always, if you're on the road, pull over and park <laughs> or something like that, or go stop in, in and out, you know, and get a burger and listen and read. First Timothy 6, we'll pause for you. Okay. All right. Uh, hopefully you're back. Hopefully you read that and it was awesome. Now, I want to continue our conversation from last week. If any of you guys have been listening, again, you can find that on our YouTube or on our uh, website uh, from our previous podcast. But we were kind of talking about. Um, we're in a series about stewardship and talking about finances. We were talking about what is finances look for Christians? What did, how, how does the American dream fit into that? But I kind of want to boil it down a little bit, and maybe it might be fun for our audience um, to ask pastors Justin and Mike, what was your guys' first job? Uh, Pastor Mike, I'll start with you. What was your first job? I was a paper boy. Nice. Delivering papers, collecting, all kinds of stuff like that. I'd learn how to use a checkbook. I'd learn how to uh, bring money in, pay the paper company, and then take my profits. So it was nice. a good learning experience. Had a zillion jobs from there. <laughs> That's awesome. That's great. Yeah, I uh, I remember growing up and seeing like on TV shows and movies, kids being paper boys and thinking that looks cool. You get to ride your bike everywhere. But I lived in the woods. <laughs> so I didn't have anyone to deliver papers too. Like it would have been, I'd have been writing for miles to get enough of a, of a route. My first job was my great aunt and her husband, my great uncle and aunt, my grandma's sister owned a strawberry farm. And so <clears throat> it's a very seasonal thing, but in, uh, you know, June, July is strawberry season. And so I think I was about 10 and I went and worked for them for a buck 50 an hour. Um, I don't remember. Yeah, I, I was mostly doing work around the house, not so much at the strawberry farm, I think, as I recall. But uh, but yeah, that was my my first job where they actually gave me a check with my name on it. And that was that was, that was pretty cool. It's so, a, yeah, of accomplishment and pride of, wow, this is this is a document here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. 
I remember a, a paper uh, paper boy. I, the only context, and maybe this uh, tells my age, uh, the the video game paper boy. That was my context. So I was like, you're chased by people and um, uh, lawnmowers and, and uh, you know go karts and things like that. But well, some of that's true. I mean, I got chased <laughs> by dogs and and had and had to go to the doors of crazy people and they're trying to figure out how to pay me. And just yeah, there's I have so many stories. <laughs> of interactions with people and different things that gone and went on. That's so good. I, my first job, uh, I was in high school and um, I was a busboy at a local restaurant and it was an Italian restaurant, uh, family owned this, and we're still friends with them today. They, they still own the restaurant. Um, you know, when I go back and visit them, you know, 20 years later, but it, it was a super authentic Italian family from Sicily, you know, and here I am this, you know, dopey little boy, like, Hey, what's up? You know, I like lasagna <laughs> and everything like that. So um, what about your guys' job? Like, I mean, obviously if, if most of us or many of us, even those listening, you know, I want you guys at, at home, think about what your first job was. And Justin and Mike, I kind of want to ask, what did that, like, why was that important? And what did that teach you about yourself? Even looking back on it now, maybe something you didn't realize at the time. I'm sure Mike, you had to wake up at the crack of dawn to be a paper boy. And so, yeah, like now looking back, we'll, what uh, values did that teach you? Well, it was, uh, I, you know, I think for me, mine was an afternoon paper out, but then I also did a morning one as well. So I did both of them. <clears throat> it was for me just to, uh, it, it was a, actually it was a necessity. Uh, we, we were not doing that well financially uh, and I needed to figure out some way to earn money. And that was about the only job I could have at 14 years old or whatever, how old I was uh, to get that. And, uh, we, I just needed, we needed income to live. So, um, Mm -hmm. and I had to buy my own clothes, uh, if I wanted anything extra, those are things like that. So I just needed to need to figure out how to do that. So some was out of necessity, but it was also a great uh, teacher. I mean, I love to work. I love to work hard. Um, and, uh, it was a good, like I said before, learning how to take care of money and being responsible and, uh, you know, because the, the the sad thing about that is if if people didn't pay you, you had to suck up the um, wow. loss. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes your manager would step in, but a lot of times not. And they they changed that since then. That now it's all done through the office. I think it is or whatever. I don't know. But uh, um, but you know, it was learning how to deal with disappointment and how to kind of figure that out. And you know, if I didn't collect it, I didn't get paid. Wow. You wanted your two dollars, huh? Yeah, like, uh, it, was, it was worth something. Going after it, <laughs> yeah. Um, I think for me, as I'm just trying to think about it, I, nothing necessarily profound comes to mind, except for it. It just took me out of my um, the nuclear family. It, it, we we didn't. We just, we, I don't remember getting much in terms of allowance. It was, you just did what you were supposed to do, you know, and, uh, and you were done and you got money as you needed it. And, and that was how things worked generally, you know, and I was 10 years old, so I wasn't massively social. Um, but, but it was that, I think first time I recall where I'm answering to someone other than my mom or dad, you know, and, and responsible towards them. And that's, that's a different kind of responsibility, um, you know, and, and, and that's something that I guess, you know, that's that first step on learning to work with other people and, you know, uh, work down authority lines that, 
you know, aren't just your parents, which is what all of us do in our jobs, I guess. So, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I, 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 that's the best answer I have on it, but that that I remember like, Hey, this is a little bit different, still family even, but uh, not family. I hung out with all the time. So just a little bit different, but yeah, I kind of remember for me when, you know, when I got my job, my, my parents, you know, always taught me, you know, to be responsible and I volunteered a lot before that. So it's not like I had never worked, but I, I had a similar sense, Justin, of like, I, now I'm responsible to another group of people. And it's like, it's kind of on your honor now, like, like to not slack off or, you know, to not, you know, with, at home, you know, oh, okay, maybe I could do this now or, or cut corners or whatever. But now it's like, you know, you really have to be, hold yourself accountable, you know, yeah. to, to a new group of people or a new social yeah. group. And I kind of wonder, um, kind of swinging back to our passage in First Timothy, I think about, you know, Timothy in a sense being, you know, he's, he's probably older, possibly in his 30s. You know, we, we don't exactly know exactly how old he was, but um, a, a, a younger mentee to Paul um, uh, trying to have get this ministry going, this uh, uh, get this church going. And, and, and here we're talking about kind of finances and kind of what that looks like. And, and I, for our context and for our background, I wonder what that might inform us today about just kind of whether it's listening to a mentor or um, uh, just being mindful of how to, to work in a new context. And, and especially when it comes to the issue of finances, that being such a sensitive topic, any thoughts on that? You guys? Yeah. I, you know, the, the letter to Timothy, these first and second Timothy letters are, are really mentoring letters from Paul to Timothy. Timothy is a, I don't know if he's a new believer at this point, but uh, probably he's, uh, he'd come to faith, uh, had a great mom and grandma that mm. came to faith and he came to faith, believing in Jesus as his Lord and savior and really placing Jesus as that, in that highest treasure of life. And so he's learning a lot about this, um, you know, what it is to live life with Christ central of life and how to do that. And, and it's easy for us to forget. I mean, our, our mind may know it, but our heart may forget it. I love that uh, reality there because we know a lot of things, but a lot of times we forget. And so we need mentoring. We need encouragement. We need help with this. And so what uh, both first and second Timothy are all about is Paul reminding Timothy about these things, because Timothy now is in a a place of teaching others Mm -hmm. and, uh, and challenging others uh, to, to move along in faith and helping others be reminded of the things of God. And so um, Paul is doing that. And specifically in, in uh, um, chapter six, he starts talking about our treasures, our money, but you can also include in there our time and our talent mm-hmm. and in our efforts and, and all of that can be included in that. But it's, uh, you know, he starts out in, in verse six, you know, godliness with contentment is great gain so seeking to put god first in our life living mm-hmm. life his way and being content with what you have is is there I, there was a phrase i love to say because it kind of it encapsulates a lot of what uh how to deal with uh our time talent money our treasure is we have what we have by the hand of god and we have what we don't have by the hand of God as well. And that's not, that's not a Bible verse. That's just a culmination of a couple of thoughts from different Bible verses about how God provides for us and all of that. But we have what we have 
by the hand of God, and we have we don't have by his hand as well. And so Paul is just reminding uh, Timothy about those things. Yeah, and I think, um, yeah, I think there's that's critical that he's reminding Timothy, and and this is really just a, a powerful way to wrap up, where basically the way I framed it is um, Paul's kind of instructing Timothy on how to how to order his life and how to order his church, right? And specifically a church at least, which is always the case, uh, threatened in some way by false teaching. And what I thought interesting about this was um, that how big a factor money is in this, you know, because the way I broke it down, I just basically I, in three points was, you know, we got to, we got to tend to our heart that in, in verses 11 through 11 and 12, He's saying, hey, flee these negative things and pursue righteousness, basically, in a thumbnail sketch. So really cultivate virtue. And then the next section, he points him to Jesus and saying, hey, stand firm like Jesus stood firm in front of Pontius Pilate. But he doesn't just stop there. He starts just riffing theologically on how amazing Jesus is and how amazing the Father is. And so I said, you know, we've got to have a mind shaped like Paul. And that's, you know, and that's obviously what he's encouraging Timothy as well. And then it in our minds, at least my mind, it seems to go sideways in the sense of now we're talking about money. Like what, what's going on here? Like that seems so unspiritual. Um, you know, we talk about fasting and praying and, you know, I don't know. Um, but more spiritually um, kind of mystical stuff. And Paul brings it right down to your wallet matters, you know, and, and that's not all that matters because he talks about doing good works. And, and that's kind of more what the message next week will be on. But it's also being generous, you know, and, and that's something tied to the false teaching. But it's also it's also because it's a big deal to all of us. You know, either we don't have the money we want or we have more than we need and we're not using it correctly. At least those are the dangers. Hopefully we're right in that place where we have what we need. We ha- and, and when we have more than we need, we're generous with it. And that's where we want to be. And I think that's what Paul really, in this passage from verses you know, 6 to, to 19, is tying this all together. Their money is very much tied to our character. They're not disconnected in the least. Yeah. And um, well, I, that's, that struck me as interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Because Jesus was really clear, you know, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so what we treasure, what we value shapes us. And so if we are uh, uh, putting money in that and gaining money and seeking to be rich and all those kind of things, it's going to lead us down a path that's not a good one. I mean, Paul really does hit that very clearly in in verses uh, uh, 6 to 10 when he talks about, you know, uh, those, verse 9, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. I mean, wow. I was like, whoa. I mean, really? Well, Jesus talked a ton about money because that's the thing that tends to grip our soul. Either we, because we don't have enough of it and we're so clamoring for it, or because we just want to feel the power and the, 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 the joy of the opulence that's around mm. us. And, we're, and today we're bombarded by this yeah. celebrity, rich uh, you know, st- lifestyles of the rich and famous, that we want to be that. We want to be mm. you know, the, the, the uber rich and be able to kind of do whatever we want here and there. And we're fascinated by that. But we've been fascinated that, by that for centuries human history yeah yeah, yeah.
you know. So we need reminding is what I'm trying to say is that because our heart gets constantly turned towards that and Mm -hmm. we need reminded, no, 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 no. That road only leads to ruin and destruction. And and the road towards Christ leads to life and the life that we were meant to live. You know, the last part of the 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 verse 19 it says you know take hold of this which is truly life i love that that's why i built my sermon around that yeah, yeah. that that's, that's that's true that's real life right and yeah it, and when you yeah, go ahead no please please go ahead oh i said that and part of that is giving you know that if yeah. we don't give giving is such a central part of of this whole management of life that god's given us and yeah. we tend to think oh i only should give if i have more than what i need and then God says, no, don't give, give, even though you have need, give out of your, give sacrificially, even out of your poverty. Yeah. Justin, you were going to say. Yeah. Well, a couple things. One, the giving piece, like that's the illustration I use is, is God doesn't, I, I didn't say this, but, but it's true. God doesn't need our money. We need to give it far more than he needs it. Cause hmm. that detach, cause it's always grabbing at our hearts. And so every time we give, we're, we're doing an act that detaches it its hold on us. Um, but also I think Mike, you talked about the road towards Christ and the road, the other road, I think it's more of a ridge, right. That you can fall off either way. So mm-hmm. as you're tracking with Jesus and, and you're doing what he wants us to do and being the kind of steward that he wants us to be, um, there's the side that the poor can fall off of, of envy and, and desiring. And, and then there's the side that the rich can fall off of. And so there's, there's really only one way to go for it not to be destructive. And, uh, well, that's yeah, what so, Paul was really clear. Yeah. It's the love of money. Yes. Yeah. You know, in verse 10, the it's love of money. Like mm-hmm. and right. you're thinking, well, it's, it's, you know, you can love money when you're poor and you could love money when you're rich. Yeah. Yeah. If yeah. Which I, I think that was, I think that's great. I mean, I spent more on the, the 17 to 19 passage, but I did refer, hey, go back to the beginning. If you think, hey, this doesn't apply to me. A, it probably does because we live in, you know, the wealthiest nation ever <laughs> to, to exist in the history of humanity. So we're, we're, we're in pretty good. We're probably in good shape for the most of us. Now, that doesn't mean individual situations aren't difficult, but overall, we're, we're in a pretty good place. But even if we're not, there's still that danger that we need to avoid. So well, and that's where, you know, we run into problems when we start comparing. Yeah. Because, you know, there's always somebody richer than another person. Well, and how do you and, get to see that? Hey, I'm sorry, I don't mean finish right. your thought, Mike. No, no, I finished it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I was, I was just saying, like, in 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 our day and age, right now, um, uh, you know, and we alluded to it a bit in our other episodes, but uh, you know, the conversation of inflation, of I ought to have, or um, you know, kind of external voices telling us all about money, and and it is such a um, it's so much in the air right now and, and, and uh, a topic of conversation. Um, it almost seems to me for, for, uh, for good or for bad, it's, it's inordinate, inordinately, <laughs> I'm trying to find that word. There's an inordinate focus on kind of what that means and, um, and kind of where we are. And, and it's, and again, Justin, I, I think you're right on, you know, that's not to say some of us, are not are not legitimately struggling we were some of us need to focus on our money some of us need to focus on saving or being responsible um uh, i guess uh, what i'm trying to say is is it it it's almost feels burdensome whereas it seems like you know to follow along on the path of christ that's kind of where a peace settles in rather than falling off onto either side of that ridge that you're talking about justin mm-hmm. um 
Yeah. So, so, so in our culture today, how do you guys see the conversation of money with, you know, talk of inflation, talk of gas prices, you know, being, man, you know, I'm paying $5 and 13 cents for a gallon of gas. This is outrageous. How do we have those conversations in light of all this? Yeah, it, it, I, it, it comes back to, again, where we, the series that we kind of just came from in, in teaching uh, in Colossians, it, it comes back from who are you going to let manage or by what standard are you going to manage your life? Are you going to manage it by the world standards? Because in that way, you're all, there'll never be enough. And then there, will be not, there won't be any contentment. Mm-hmm. But if you place Christ in that central place of he's the king, he's the leader, he's the boss, he's the master, Lord. And, and then we align life his way. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Matthew chapter six, verse 33. Uh, if we manage, if we let him manage our life and we seek to follow him and really understand that we have what we have by the hand of God and we have what we don't have by the hand of God as well. We can live in that contentment and then order as he lays out in scripture. You know, and one of those things he lays out in scripture is to give, but also to be wise, like, you know, to not sin- buy things on credit all the time, to not, mm-hmm. um, you know, to, to, to be able to not always want the next, maybe get a little more out of what you have. You know, I mean, it, it's, there's all those things that come along and everybody's different in that regard, but it does first start with who's really, uh, what pattern or what, who's really ordering your life, who's really ordering the, the, even the desires and the wants of life. And there's nothing wrong with wanting to succeed and to do well. And yeah, but under God's design, under God's uh, uh, leadership. Yeah. I mean, and we even see that in, in chapter six, verse 17, that God gives us all things for our enjoyment. So it isn't this idea that God, you know, wants to crush our joy and wants us pinching every penny um, to make sure, you know, we're, we're miserable. Um, uh, but there is, I think, a really a massive reframing that that we need to submit ourselves to, in terms of what we need, in terms of what's valuable. I mean, and it's not new; it's just changed in terms of what it looks like. At least in my lifetime, they're always trying to sell you cheap junk. You know, now it's yeah. just digital. But I mean, like, you know, like, man, I remember getting. It's Christmas time coming, man. I loved the Christmas catalog from Sears, wherever. Yeah. We had a good toy section. It was always in the back. And they had things set up that just took your imagination to this amazing place. And when you got it, you could never recreate what was in, you know, the displays they had set up in the magazine. But that's the old style. What's that? Those heat man displays were pretty. I know. Yeah, they were fantastic. My Castle of Grayskull never looked like that. But um but oh, yeah, come on. so my GI Joe, I made it look that way. Yeah, but you had the <laughs> you had grip. yeah you had the kung fu grip. You had the boss GI Joes that were like Barbie sized, but uh, the the big ones, right? Yeah, yeah, those my uncle had those. Those are awesome. And I had the uh, G, I had that GI Joe Jeep with spotlight. I was and, in it, and spotlight. they had like beards. They had like fuzzy beards. Like I don't. Do you remember those, Sean? Like right, Mike? Like yeah, some well, of the yeah, GI Joes would have like those, you know. But, oh, you didn't? Oh, yeah, they had like know. fuzzy beards. Straight up GI Joes, man. Yeah, <laughs> those were all plastic with a little rubber band in the middle when it broke. Yeah, no, no, no. Like, these were like Mike's talking about the ones that were sizes of Barbies. Like that was a whole generation before. Oh. <laughs> Action figures, though, not dolls. But um, yes, uh, <laughs> but um, but yeah, we we I I don't know. That's just I think the thing we need to reframe and rethink. Um, and it's a constant battle because the bombardment is, you know, 
materialism is very much, you know, carried the day that we are consumers and, um, and in some ways by necessity, but not nearly to the degree that um, the culture would like us. I mean, that's, you know, that's what we're very much driven by. And, uh, and that's something we need to fight. And that's comes from being immersed in the word. It comes from giving and, um, I know to steal someone else's illustration. I was listening to a lot of Randy Alcorn this week, and I encourage you to go on his YouTube page, look up Randy Alcorn, Eternal Perspective Ministries, fantastic stuff. But he talks about how they were, he doesn't take royalties for his books, and he and his daughter were driving or riding their bikes, and they were by this massive mansion of a house and just admiring how beautiful it was. And he told his daughter, like, you know what, we would have had, if we would have kept our royalties, we could have bought this house cash this year. It, do you, do you, do you think we should have done that? And, and she looked at him and she's like, dad, it's, it's just a house, you know? And, and so, which was so cool. His, his, his point was, it was so cool that he's brought his children along on this to say, man, we've invested so much in the kingdom. God's God's used our stuff to do so much in the kingdom, these resources that it's by far a better deal to be giving what God's doing around the world. Sorry, go ahead, Mike. No, 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 no. That's perfect because it leads right into what, what, Paul's telling Timothy this reminder, hey, be rich in good works, mm-hmm. you know, and share generously, Yeah, live unselfishly. He's telling him that he's all these things in, in 18, the first and half, second part of 18 and in verse 19, he's, look, you know, be rich in those good works. If you want to <clears throat> gain something, boy, be the nicest guy on your block, mm-hmm. help people out. And mm-hmm. actually God placed us there. You know, we are his workmanship, Ephesians uh, uh two, two eight right now ephesians 10, 10 2 10 uh we are his workmanship created in christ jesus to do good work so we were created for we were built for this we were made to do good works and so we should be rich in that that's the one thing we should be rich in and spend of our time with that instead of trying to earn money for self so we can buy more stuff that we just that just you know we have to go buy uh, uh go go rent uh storage sheds to keep our old junk that we don't use anymore and you know <clears throat> and stuff like that not n- nothing wrong with saving I'm a, good, I'm a good saver you know um people sometimes could call me a hoarder but i'm, I'm a good saver christy is more the minimalist you know purging person but uh but but you know uh we had a fun time sunday morning talking about that but it was it was yeah. uh uh you know there there's some important things to say but sometimes a lot why couldn't somebody else use that yeah, I think that's a good point too, Mike. In the sense of, as we talk about generosity and giving, and and obviously, I think it's better to err on that side. But I think we also need to be responsible. Like we have an emergency fund, and that's 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 not going anywhere. It might be for in the case of emergency, but that's to keep us from being a burden on someone else. If it's something to, you know, kind of massage an extravagant lifestyle, then that's that's something that I need to consider giving up. If it's something to keep me from burdening someone else, I feel like that's responsibility. Um, but, and, and wisdom. So key. Yeah. Yeah. There's responsibility of closing your kids, you know, giving, feeding them good nutritious food. And it is, is different than like, Oh yeah, I gotta, or just do a McDonald's to be super frugal. You know, that's, Probably not the best. right. Yeah. Although I have no offense to McDonald's, you know, I'm not trying to stir the pot. Mike, you were going to say something. No, I just saying that that's that we part of our responsibility as a follower of God is to be giving like Him. Mm. He gives us grace. He gives us mercy. He gives us love, and He also blesses us beyond measure. And we need to be that same reality. And our we have a responsibility to the people that we live with for, to the, and to, to do good and be rich, good works 
for those we live with, those we live around, those we work around, those we go to school around, those who we meet around there. That it's our, people are our responsibility. And, and we can take that and, and realize that and live it and be rich in good works far better than is that than being rich by loving money so much that it takes us down that roads of destruction. Yeah. I love that, that idea of being rich in good works. Um, you know, I, 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 so a few things came to mind as we were talking, just as we wrap up and thank you for everybody who's following along and tracking along a lot of great questions for, for you guys to ask yourself um, for, for us listening, how, what, what, how, what riches do we have that are in good works or how does God equip us and bless us so that we can turn that into good works or, or redirect that or refocus that. Also, there's a fine line between being, what did you say, Mike, a, a collector and a hoarder? Yeah. <laughs> that pack rat and a purger is what we said. <laughs> or a minimalist and a hoarder is the kind of the, the, the two extremes. Minimalist and a maximalist. Yeah, maybe that's it. <laughs> um, and, and then as you guys were talking earlier, just as we wrap up, I, I, the idea of com- uh, compartmentalizing came to mind. I know for me and for anybody listening, sometimes like I, I think a coping mechanism that I have, if because sometimes I get worried, like, am I focused too much on money? How can I, um, or, or money, the love of money is the root of all evil. So I get hypersensitive of like, ah, no, I gotta, I, I almost want to divorce that from my faith in a sense. And, and the idea came that you know, we, we shouldn't live a compartmentalized life as Christians in, in, in things like finances or, or going about our day, things like diet and food, um, it, things that we watch or media that we consume. We ought to be a little more um, spread out. I think of a heart, you know, when I'm compartmentalized, I think of the classic image of like a Hallmark heart, like a cartoon. But when I think of a real heart, it's very veiny and integrated with the entire blood vas- vascular system and, and nervous system and the entire human body. And that is not compartmentalized at all. So I think for those of us listening, that's maybe a good thought to keep is don't have a compartmentalized view of finances and your faith, have a continuum of how my faith and, and, and pursuing Christ is informing pursuing righteousness in all these areas. Um, we're, we're right up against it, but any final last thoughts from you guys, Justin or Mike, as we wrap it up? Well, I'll just throw in just to take off what you said, and because it comes down to really what it is. We're, not, none of what we have is ours. It's all mm-hmm. God's. Mm-hmm. And he's just given us management of it, stewardship of it. So how do we manage life well is mm-hmm. the question. And we do that by putting our hope in God, uh, by giving, by being generous, and by not being selfish. I mean, those are the, and that, that is basically the outline of First Timothy chapter six, verses seventeen to nineteen that I gave. So it's it's really giving the management, being a good steward, a good manager of all that God has given us. He's given us time, talent, and money, and effort, and energy to be used for His purposes. Yeah, and I think that that's so critical in understanding that God gives it to us first, because I think that would be my parting words is that this is supposed to be a joyous journey, right? And, and in that, we're trusting that God knows more about joy than we do. So when we think our joy will come from some new stuff, and he's telling us, no, it'll come from giving this to someone who needs it and, and experiencing the joy of that, that we're trusting him, that his way is more joyful than ours. You know, he gives us all good things for our enjoyment. So as we talk about this, I think 
that conviction will settle on us in the short term that may make us want to shy away from this and it make it feel like a burden and God's a killjoy. But I think that's the thing that the, kind of the parting words from, from my perspective is, Hey, this is intended to be a joy of journey and a, 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 yeah, joyful journey. Um, so, um, so lean into that and, 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 you know, he says, test him in this. So test him in this, that um, that when we give it, we're going to get more in return. And that may not be in the bank account, but it may be in the life that's truly life. Mm. Well, this is a great discussion, you guys. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Uh, we're going to go ahead and bring it to a close here, but we will be back next week um, as we kind of wrap up our uh, sermon series um, and stewardship and uh yeah, kind of look ahead to the holidays, but this has been a really good and pertinent conversation. So yeah, thanks everybody for joining us on our Revive podcast. Please share this episode with your friends and subscribe to our channel to stay up to date on our latest conversations. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. To learn more about the content that we discussed today, you can check out neighborhoodchurch.com slash revive. And you have to say it that way. I think that's helpful. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Anyway, an, <laughs> I should, you should clarify, Sean, is there an exclamation point in that? I don't know. In the address. <laughs> yeah. No exclamation point. We'll see if there's any accent marks. <laughs> <laughs> we might need to add it if you keep saying yeah. it like that. <laughs> but if all else fails, if you, you know, try and type out revive some odd way, you can always go to Facebook and just search Neighborhood Church Cypress or Neighborhood Church Los Alamitos. Um, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, we're there. So you can just do a search for that. Also, we would love to hear from you guys. And seriously, it's really great when you guys interact with our content and you send us questions. So if you do have any questions or comments, please write us at connect at neighborhoodchurch.com. But until next time, until we see and talk to you guys again, we pray that God revives your soul. Have a good day.